Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Big Dumb Inquiries. Big Dumb Inquiries. Big Dumb Inquiries. Big Dumb Inquiries. And we're here. That was easy. What up? Yeah, that, like was the, a, that was a pretty nice transition there, it's man. It's like the shortest. We didn't even uh, fuck up yet. <laughs> uh, hey, knock on wood, brother. <laughs> we, we're 30 seconds in, all right? There's plenty of time to fuck this up. But usually the fuck up is in the first 10 seconds, though. That's so true. We're That's already true. off to a good start. <laughs> we are off to a good start, man. Um, it's been a while. It's been, what, three weeks, two weeks, something like that, with the holiday and... All that stuff, man. It's just been uh, it's been a little crazy, dude. And I honestly haven't even scheduled anything for my own show, so I'm glad we were able to make this happen, dude. Yeah, I feel like we're starting to get to the point where the listeners are wondering if uh, Big Dumb Anchorage is still going on. <laughs> yeah, we got a few in the chat. We got Benny Franks. We got Lily Ann. Um, that seems like a new name to me. Maybe she's been in the chat before. We got Strange Brook uh, in the chat as well, uh, doing a show with him and Juan on Saturday. That should be fun. We got uh we got Brian in the chat too. What's up, Brian? Oh, Brian's always here. What up, Brian? What's going <laughs> on, man? Um, yeah, guys, it's exciting time of the year. Lots of great things happening. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday and uh, you know, ate all the food you could and and spent time with family and and just had a good time. Um, and hope they didn't fuck with the weather too much on you dude I, I looked outside today at lunch dude i was so pissed off dude i was watching it happen i was like Arr! and i took like a thousand pictures thinking it was gonna like do something <laughs> to fight this and i was like at least i'm documenting it that's all i can do at this point but uh yeah i hope you all had a great a great time shane did you have a good thanksgiving Oh yeah, you know I did. I uh, ended up uh, doing some show notes for multiple shows. Hung out with the family, ate a bunch of food. You know, got stoned. The usual. It was a, it was a good holiday. Oh nice. Nobody dude. fought too, so that's always a plus. Because you know how family holidays go. That usually there's some kind of 
have like little alteration between any of that. Did you, uh, do you go like to your like, uh, parents or extended family or anything like that? Mm. Shane with that dog shit, uh, Michigan internet. There he is. You there? Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, what the hell, man? I'm already getting in. I'm hardwired in. Uh, I, I just need to restart this modem, dude. Oh, uh, it's okay. <laughs> You're good. You're good now. Um, do you go to like to your extended families or something like that for, uh, um, for Thanksgiving or do you just hang out at the house with the, with the immediate family? Uh, I go to the, I'd say a little bit extended family. It's, uh, Gabby's close family, like her, her parent or her dad, her sisters, all that kind of stuff. So essentially like it's my family, the in-laws. In so I wouldn't even call it extended family. Yeah, Those the, are my people, you know, the in-laws. <laughs> I got you, dude. Yeah, dude. We have to go to like so many different things just cause I know I've always had to do this. Like since I was like a kid, I've had like at least two Thanksgivings, two Christmases every year. And not for like my, because like my parents are divorced, but because I mean, they were never married, but my mom and stepdad aren't divorced, but because I have my mom's side of the family, my stepdad's side of the family, my dad's side of the family. And now that I have a wife, we have to go see, you know, her side of the family, her it's so dude, it's, it's a beat down every holiday. I mean, I love it. I love seeing everybody. But like I probably drove fifteen hundred miles last week, Ooh, just in it, just in a loop, just like oh, it's. And I'm gonna have to do it again in three weeks for Christmas. So. I was gonna say Thanksgiving, I kind of luck out, and I don't really have to go and bounce around with all the family. But uh, Christmas is a little bit different. Uh, I don't talk to my mom at all, so that one's off the table. But my parents are divorced, so I always had that you know two mm-hmm. Christmases, two holidays thing. But usually the game plan is that Christmas Eve we go and see my dad, and then Christmas Day we go and hang out with Gabby's family. So Tober gets to hang out with all of her. Uh, cousins and stuff so mm-hmm. at least we kind of got like a method to it it's not as crazy hectic all in one day it's dude let's the talk about so. christmas traditions a little bit um when i was in high like my whole life christmas morning was always at at the house with my parents like i'd get to you know santa would come and all that stuff and uh you know then we go do like grandma's house and stuff like that and then um like in the past like year or two me and my immediate family like my parents and i and my wife, we like they, we started going seeing a movie on Christmas Eve. But my girlfriend in high school, her family would always go to the movies on Christmas, which I guess a, a lot of people do. And the Jews, they do that, too. But um, Chinese was, food and movies. Yeah, Chinese. No, that's <laughs> that's a, that's what they did. And it was always strange to me. And then I think last year we went to oh Jeffrey Wilson in the chat. What's going on? Dude, we got to get Jeffrey on one of these shows, dude. Jeffrey Definitely. would absolutely kill it. Je- Jeffrey, you have an open invite. Just so you know. Um, but yeah, we'd all like this last couple of years, we've been going to movies, like I think Christmas Eve or something like that. And it's actually kind of nice, dude. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done something that you traditionally don't do to like change it up a little bit? And like, it's like, oh, this is kind of nice. I mean, at times, yeah, I kind of formed my uh, own traditions when I had my own little family start with my kids and all that kind of stuff. So like mm-hmm. that was my original breakaway, but like my one thing that I've been doing ever since I was maybe like 13, it's been kind of my own tradition, is uh, I watch Scrooged on Christmas Eve because it's my personal favorite Christmas movie. Wait, like the, the, uh, not, not Scrooge, is it called Scrooge or is it, um, Scrooged with, uh, Bill Murray? Because I was going to say, you can never go wrong with Bill Murray. Bill Murray's the fucking man. (laughs) Oh, I like, I do like the, uh, what's the name of the show? Uh, what's good, what's Scrooge based on? What is it? The, 
A Christmas Carol. A Christmas. I, I love that show. It's great. I was going to say, it's my absolute favorite, like, Christmas thing. Because, I mean, looking at me being in the whole, like, cryptid paranormal world and all that kind of shit. Of course, my favorite Christmas thing would be the one where the dude gets visited by three ghosts. But oh, I dig yeah. it because it's got that, like, not typical, like... I mean, yeah, at the end, it has, like, the happy, typical, like, Christmas Right, but there's ending, some but hardship and some, like, it's like a yes. tough look at Christmas, right? You have to, it's a self It's like a dark interpretation of it, you know? It's, it's way like, different than most other Christmas It forces you to examine your own uh, kind of ego and your willingness to give and participate in that kind of thing every year. I, have you ever seen a live stage performance of the play? Fuck yeah, dude. I've seen it a couple times. It's I was going to say, one of my favorite things is seeing all the different variations that people do for the ghosts. Because no matter how many different versions of the Christmas Carol they're, they're going to the make, I'm going to watch different. every one of yeah. them because I love it. But my favorite part is just seeing how, how different they make each of the ghosts look. And they all kind of do their own rendition of it. Like, my, favorite, it. my favorite was when Tiny Tim was a little black boy. <laughs> it was great. It was a live show. It was a live performance at like some da- theater in Dallas. And it was... Everybody in the cast was white, and then Tiny Tim's just this little black boy. It was so, and he's a good. He did really good. He did a great job. But it was just so funny because it was like obviously out of place, and he <laughs> and he did a great job. He was like, "Can I have some more, please?" Like he did a great job. I love, I love it. But yeah, God bless us, everyone. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> he said, and he dropped the N word at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, I always in in theater, you know, I'm in I'm in theater, and uh, we always talk about doing like what we call midnight versions of shows. I don't know if you've ever been involved in like a stage production, but like you spend so much time like with all these people and working on the show that like in rehearsals and stuff, like little funny things come up, like oh maybe I should try this, maybe I should try that, but it's like no, that's not the show. So you you keep track of all these things and you do what. We've all I've never done it, but a lot of we always talk about it doing a midnight version of the show. So like like the Saturday, like the second weekend of the performance, like on that Saturday night, you do a midnight show where you kind of just go off. Right. You just go off script and kind of just do the show. You do the show, but you kind of do all the things that you like that are completely out of place. Right. It's like a lot of theaters around Halloween will do like the Rocky Horror show. Where like the, audi- the bread. where the audience is involved, <laughs> it's like that. But you, but it's up to the actors based on the show that they're doing, right? So I don't know, it's something fun. But yeah, Christmas is a great time, man. I love the holidays. Um, yeah, it's a beat down, like just physically with like the time and the driving. At least for me, um, but it's nice to just see the family. And um, as I've gotten older, I only I only appreciate it more and more. You know, like I don't give a shit anymore what I get for Christmas. I just want to like hang out. You dude, know? just wait till you have kids. And it's a totally different atmosphere. I'm looking the only forward thing that to. I care dude. about is uh, you know giving the kids a good Christmas. Like that's my top priority. And dude, I will. Now. I'm sure I will like appreciate my mom so much more because I was a little shit when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> so was I. <laughs> she would give me, and I blame Hollywood and like the media for this because, like, as a kid, I had this like unrealistic idea of Christmas, right? of like uh, what Christmas morning should be like because you see it in the movies and it's just like magical and uh, so amazing. And like my mom would give me everything I asked for or Santa or whatever would bring me everything I asked for on my list and I'd still be upset because it wasn't <laughs> that. And I see now, like now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, I, I, and I, I, but I understand it now. It's because I had such an, a Hollywood version of Christmas in my head. Right. Even as a kid, like as a five year old, I would just like get pissed off because it wasn't magical. 
right? Even though my mom did the like everything she possibly could, it's just one of those things, man. And so I'm going to, I don't know, do your kids do Santa? Do you do Santa with your kids? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd still do Santa. And I also, speaking of another tradition that I do, uh, something I started with my kids, Christmas Eve, we do a Christmas Eve box. So in the box, they'll get like some Christmas pajamas. Mm. Uh, they'll usually get a Christmas movie. They'll get some snacks, uh, stuffed animal, and then maybe a couple other little extra things. And, you oh. know, that's to fill in that P- hole. Everybody always wants to open a present on Christmas Eve. Oh, PJs are the go-to, bro. I think so it's like. You make the little go-to box every year. It's just yeah. the tradition. You oh. know, that's what they open the next day. Then, you know, that's when you get all the big stuff. Yeah. PJs are on Christmas Eve are like a, a must because everybody has to be in matching PJs the morning of, right? My wife exactly. last night went to Target and bought my dogs <laughs> uh, matching onesies. Leave it to Target. <laughs> no, dude, uh, leave it to my wife at Target. I don't go. I refuse to go <laughs> enter Target with her. If she wants to go to Target, I sit in the car. I, I just you just can't gotta go with her and then just stare her down the whole time. And she's no, trying she, to buy no, but she hates that. Like she, I, I want her to have fun That's at Target. <laughs> I want her to have fun, but like it's she gets mad at me when I go with her because I do do that. I'm like, do you need that? You know, but <laughs> do, the but the really need it? the onesies were super cute. The dogs uh, didn't necessarily like them, but it's been it's gotten cold, you know. So they like having clothes on when it's cold. They like to like snuggle up. But these onesies were ridiculous. They like went down their legs and <laughs> they had to butt flap and stuff for their tails. <laughs> it was cute, but um, yeah, dude, I love the holidays. And I, I was gonna say, Shane, knowing you, I'm surprised you don't do like a Krampus thing with your kids, where you like scare the shit out of them and like <laughs> kidnap them and stuff, and then and then you know, uh, you know settle it with santa like oh like here's what happens when krampus comes but then you know santa saves a day i just you know you're into the cryptids and the lore i just assumed you would do a krampus thing honestly this is the first year that my daughter knows of krampus and weirdly enough it's funny you say that because the only reason she knows what krampus is now is because we went to cryptid con mm. and uh, there's a bunch of krampus stuff everywhere Dude. and there's somebody <laughs> dressed up in a dude fucking awesome krampus costume they had even like a little cage on their back with this like little girl thing that would like shake the cage and stuff like that in the back. So shout out to, uh, I can fuck with her now, but dude, it was awesome. Oh, you should mess with her a little bit, but shout out to Brian in the chat. He says, smash the like button. Y'all helps the show. Um, only two likes and six people watching. Yeah. uh, Brian, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, dude. Yeah. I, we don't, I I hate being like Tim pool where he's like, smash that like button, share share the show with your friends and subscribe to the channel and let's get into it. Like, I I don't like to do that, but I appreciate y'all just y'all being here is enough. But yes, if you can leave a a comment in the chat or uh, drop a like, it does, it does let people know that y'all like the show. And I know what what's today Wednesday. A lot of other shows stream live on Wednesday, so I appreciate y'all being here on Big Dumb Inquiries. But yeah, Shane, you shouldn't take your kids to a cryptid con, dude. It's gonna give them nightmares. No, dude, my daughter loves. She that loves shit, it. Dude. Oh god, cryptid con is a little bit different now. There's a lot of uh, like it's vendors and stuff. That family do, like, oriented. Yeah, they do like stuffed animals and stuff. So like, my daughter had a blast, dude. Like, oh, she. I saw I, the pictures, dude. They looked like a ton of fun. Um. But yeah, dude, uh, I, I'm glad that she likes it because I know I'd be freaked out. Oh, Provo dude, Kid in the like chat. What's up, Provo? Now. So not a bad thing. Get her into cryptids young. <laughs> dude, y'all should go like squatching someday. Like take her out, like go camping, but call it like a squatching trip. That'd be fun, dude. Oh, yeah. I was already definitely planning on it. Actually, weirdly enough, I got a few people that are uh, squatchers that I've been coordinating with trying to be able to go out with them and actually do like a for real for real squatch hunt so going into specific weird areas um where they're like known areas uh just a little snippet 
if anybody listens to Uncomfortable, uh, he has an episode that's uh, with the witch, as, as it's called. I think it's his most popular episode, but uh, she's one of the people that uh, would possibly be doing this like Squatch Hunt thing that I'm trying to figure out and plan out. So it should be awesome, dude. Even that's if cool, we don't man. see anything, it's like there's known stuff in the area. So, you know, it's fun to go out or, at least. You know? You'll at least like get the benefits of like being outside for some time, you know. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I'm always. Cool I, have with that. A, I have a. I have a. Nature. I have a game cam uh, where I hunt. I have a game trail camera, and I'm like every time I go and pull that SD card and I'm looking through it, I'm like, I hope I fucking see Bigfoot, but there's no fucking trees. <laughs> you know, it's all like short mesquite trees and stuff. I'm like, the most I see is like a raccoon. That's not you know besides a deer is like a like a pack of raccoons coming around and they fuck my shit up and it's like. Ugh. Those raccoons are little bastards though. They can like unscrew because I have a in Texas we. Uh, I and it's legal to bait uh your deer so you put like a feeder out and they they come and you know eat the corn and stuff but these fucking raccoons man they'll go and like unscrew the nuts and the bolts and like just open that shit up and eat all your shit it's it really pisses me off but uh yeah I'm, I'm don't they have little thumbs they have so they, they can have actually like grab it on twist shit they <laughs> more more so than other animals I don't know if they're technically thumbs but yeah they do have something but Anyway, dude, well, let's, you want to get into the show? Nice little uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving talk there. Dude. That was fun, dude. Um, oh, we yeah. should do a Christmas-themed show in a couple weeks and maybe uh, focus on that. But um, Most definitely. That'll be easy to do. We can even uh, go into some lore stuff based around, like, a Christmas carol because I definitely want to bring that one back up. Man. Yeah, dude. I've had trouble, uh, I had trouble finding some clips, um, but I think what I found is going to be good. Um, so do you want to... It's just, uh, yeah, raccoons are risk takers, dude. Those fucking things, dude. I, mm-hmm. I, I swear, like, I wish, like, I could have a raccoon because they're like the perfect mix between a dog and a cat. If you think about it, they have like the cat like attitude, but they're like sweet like a dog, you know. Um. Anyway, my uh, <laughs> girlfriend's family at one point, I don't know who it was exactly. Oh, they raised family, raccoons. Pictures of it. They raised one, and they have pictures of where they used to feed it uh, McDonald's chicken nuggets and shit. So oh, there's God. one picture she always shows me where it's like sitting in the kitchen, s- sitting there like hiding in the corner eating chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> raccoons, dude, they're they're crazy animals. But uh, yeah, uh, I guess the craziest thing we've seen out there, on, at least on the game trails, is a is bobcats, dude. Like we've seen there's Ooh. there's two distinct bobcats that go to my dad's spot where he hunts and dude oh my god they're beautiful man i'd love to if i ever shot a bobcat I, that's the one animal i would like get mounted like stuffed and mounted and have it like coming out of the wall like like in that pose i think that's so cool um you gotta yeah. make it look like there's a hole in the wall too like it's literally coming like through it's the coming wall. out of the wall yeah all yeah, right, like you got to make the plaque that it goes up against, like something that literally looks like a hole in the wall, dude. That'd be sick. I, I hope so, dude. There's this, there's this big buck. I've been, I. Here's the thing that with game game cameras though, and then we'll get into the show is that, uh, once you see something on your camera, you can't unsee it, and so I've seen on my camera this giant. I think he's a nine point buck. He's older. He's a gray. He's a beautiful buck. And he's with like two or three other smaller bucks. I'm assuming they're his kids. Cause usually bucks don't hang out in the same area unless they're family. Um, so this big buck, I keep seeing him and I saw him this last weekend while I was hunting. Like I was in my blind, I was ready to go, but it was raining. And I, so I had a rain jacket on and he comes out and he starts manjin and I pull up my gun to like get a good look at him. But the jacket was so loud that he like looked right at me and he fucking knew and he just walked away and I was like, damn dude. Cause they don't get that big and that old unless they're smart. 
right? Unless they're mm-hmm. smart and can avoid that kind of stuff. So, but now I can't, and I saw other deer, but I didn't want to shoot the other deer because I wanted that one, you know? So it's a blessing and a curse. You get to know what's there, but also you get to know what's there. And then you, you got a Moby Dick tail going with this it, thing. It's man. exactly what it is, dude. And he's got a beautiful rack. It's like wide. It's wide, dude. It's for out there. It's natural deer. It's not like high fence or anything like that. People who hunt know what I'm talking about, but it's, uh, it's, it's a big deer for what's out there. Right. For what the, for the area that we're in. So I'm like, Oh damn. <laughs> Lily Hand said, say, you definitely can't unsee on my trail cam. I saw my mom's butt up close in the bikini mowing grass and made it her <laughs> background picture. That's hilarious. Send us a photo. We'll put it on the show. Um, uh, <laughs> the big dumb pot at gmail.com. Thank you. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the show, dude. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Well, let's, uh, do you have more serious or more fun clips? Uh, let me see. Let me see. I have I have two clips that are about the same topic, and then I have another clip that's separate. So um, one is more relevant. Uh, the The two combo clips are completely irrelevant to anything that's going on, uh, and it's just I, I have the rant alert queued up because I'm going to rant alert myself tonight. Awesome. So let, let's do it this way then, just because I, I think it'll lay out nice. Let's do my first clip, your single clip, my other clip, and then your and then, double and, clip at the end. And with the, okay, that's perfect. All right, so the first one you got, let me open this up. Here we go. Blah. And let me share the screen. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. All right, here we go. Do you want it? It's six minutes. Do I need to play the whole thing? Um, okay, so there's going to be like a news clip in the beginning, and then there's going to be the actual clip. After the actual clip, you can cut it off. So okay. maybe around like two, three minutes or so. All right, here we go. After a series box office disappointment, or several of them, I should say. First of all, I'll just say that Fox News does a great job of hiring attractive blonde women for the most part. <laughs> they do a good job. I'm not saying like she's the most attractive, certainly not in this spot that I paused in, but Fox knows their audience. Okay, here we go. Fox has a type. <laughs> and an embrace of woke positions, pushing the company further to the left. Newly reinstated CEO Bob Iger has expressed regret. The company got involved in the culture wars. And Iger has come out of retirement. He's back at Disney to fix the damaged brand. And he spoke to the employees at a town hall where he addressed uh, Disney's recent cultural and political controversies that are engulfing the company. Watch a little bit of it. Will Disney stay out of making political statements? You know, I think uh, there's a misperception here about what politics is. And I think that some of the subjects that have proven to be controversial as it relates to Disney have been branded political, and I don't necessarily believe they are. I don't think when you are telling stories and attempting to be a good citizen of the world that that's political just not how I view it. Do I like the company being embroiled in controversy? Of course not, it can be distracting and it can have a negative impact on the company. And to the extent that I can work to kind of quiet things down, I'm going to do that. Mr. Vice President, we go to Disney to take our children. Oh, oh, and they got fucking Mike Pence on here, Jesus. But look, it's okay, (laughs) just pause, pause right here, see what I'm looking at? One, two, three, and a brunette. Three blondes in a business uh formal attire with the high heels the legs showing all cross look at dude this is a porno still this is a thumbnail for a porno <laughs> that has not happened yet do you see that are you looking at this is everybody seeing this 
Dude, I was going to say, too, do you think they did it subconsciously or on purpose? No, that their legs one, have to be pushing this, in it's in the same direction. You one, see how, like, the people on the one side, their leg is going no, back, and on the other side, dude, their leg's going back? It's 100%. They're trying to bring attention. They're trying to bring focus to Mike Pence because you're going to follow the legs and see where they're pointing, and they're all going to Mike Pence, right? And he's about to lay the dick down. I mean, I don't want to play the rest <laughs> of the clip, but just look. If you pause this like we have, this is what's happening, Right. They're all, and they're like looking at each other. Like, are we about to, you know, quadruple suck this guy off or like what's going on? Are you first me first? And here's another thing too, that I, I, I watched a lot of Fox news over the Thanksgiving break and this red shit, the red dresses do not work on television. They're so bright. They're so ridiculous. It just looks, it looks unnatural, right? The white, the green, even the black, those look nice, right? Um, it's just not on the white couch though. It's too close to that color. (laughs) Well, well, but also the white couch, think about all the, the, the videos that people have seen out there of the, of the, this is like a reverse gangbang type situation that we're coming on to. So, um, at least you won't see the stains on the couch. No, there won't be (laughs) stains on the couch. Okay. (laughs) All right. Anyway, uh, I'm going to stop sharing screen now. This is hilarious. I just had to point that out, but to the, to the point of the clip, what, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I just want to bring up the whole fact with the whole like woke Disney idea that my question is, is this guy kind of trying to like dance around what's like, like, because they're, they're, they're making the whole headline of this, the whole like Disney trying to not do the whole woke thing anymore. But it seemed like he really danced around that Mm. and the headlines, they really like had to pull from what he said. But like, my question is, is Disney finally starting to realize that, the average person doesn't want all the woke bullshit in cartoons for children, or is this just some type of like, uh, you know, just, just drawing, drawing attention kind of a thing rather than anything. And he's just trying to, uh, almost draw attention to it so that he can defer from it. Cause he was saying that thing of like, Oh, I don't see being, it's not being political. I'm just trying to be a good Samaritan citizen of the world. Right. Like it just sounds like he's trying to like, change the rebranding of the whole woke Disney thing to like, we're trying to do good. Kind yeah, and, of he kinda, where, and he kind of blamed it on like other people politicizing what was going like the, whatever was going on. Right. Um, I, I think we're seeing a lot of companies make this shift now. Um, they let too many college graduates get into positions of power or even just regular positions. And then, you know, scream and whine and cry about, you know, the injustices of the world. And what that has done is uh, made these companies lose a lot of money, right? Because we all know that it's a very small but loud minority of people who push this woke stuff, especially in big corporations, right? And so what's we saw with Netflix, Netflix put out that memo to their employees like, hey, if you don't like what we're doing, you don't have to work here. Okay. Wasn't that after the Dave Chappelle thing? That was, it was after one of them, right? It was a, it was a while after, but, um, and now you see Netflix, like they're that new Graham Hancock thing. Like there's so many articles about how like this is Graham Hancock's promoting white supremacy. He's racist and all this stuff for his show, even though it's the number two show on Netflix. Right. So Netflix, like companies are realizing that, okay, BLM is over. The elections are over. We're not going to make any more money by promoting this crap at least in the long term. So we have to backtrack a little bit, right? That that what this tells me is that they're losing money more than they can keep up with, right? Like obviously a lot of these companies lose a lot of money when this stuff happens, but now they're they're going into the red. 
And so they have to backtrack it. But also, that's what that's why the it, they brought back a CEO who ran the company probably when it was doing better. Um, that I hope they got rid of that bitch who's destroying Star Wars. She's awful. Um, but what what's happening is that this company is he 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 did it perfectly. He did the dance exactly how a CEO would do. He yeah, would say, he like, say look, we got directly at all. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, look, we got to back up from, you know, we're trying to, you know, look at this issue and, you know, but we didn't politicize anything. We were just doing what we thought was right. And you all politicized it. You all made, um, you know, the, the assumptions about what we were trying to do. We were just trying to be good people. So it kind of, you know, passes the blame, but also kind of keeps both sides of the argument together. Right. So I think that's what's happening. We're seeing this a lot in a lot of companies. A lot of people, a lot of companies are like, and here's the thing. I think now that the Republicans hold the house, I think the, the establishment right wing wants to go back to the way things were right. They are like, Hey, we want to bomb Brown people. We want to make money. (laughs) We want to do all this stuff. But like, you know, because, and I've said this for a long time, when you push the pendulum so far one way, it's going to swing back. It's going to swing back just as far as you pulled it the other way, right? So we're seeing this now slowly start to come back the other way. And it's going to start with these companies because they're trying to make money. They want to go back to the way it was like under Obama, under George Bush, where like, let's just make some fucking money. Let's, you know, let's, let's get our stock prices up. Let's do all this. That's what's, what this is about. It's about making money from everybody because people these last three years have taught people you can vote your vote might not count for anything but you can vote with your dollar right we've seen a lot of that think about how many people canceled in our netflix prescription uh, subscriptions when that cutie show came out right think about how many people canceled their disney i mean just a couple weeks ago disney had like an age and gender verification thing to keep streaming right like all this stuff it's like stop we don't we don't care mm. right so I think that's what this is. I think it's just people getting tired of it and the companies are feeling it. And so they're like, hey, we got to, you know, chill out. I, they're probably firing some people on lower. I mean, ton, all these big companies, these big tech companies and media companies, they're laying off tons of people like just like Twitter is. So um, I think that's I think that's my opinion. And I should have hit I, mean, rant, I should have hit rant alert. That wasn't really a rant because I'm not super pissed off. But- I'll pause it. <laughs> uh, we'll play no, it later. I mean, if Disney wants to actually make some money, man, this may be a super un- unpopular opinion, but uh, maybe they should stop putting all their focus into fucking Marvel movies. Because, like, don't get me wrong, dude. I- I've been a Marvel fan for a lot of my life, but it's getting to a point where it's, like, too fucking much, dude. Like, people want variety. Like, people don't want to go to Disney exclusively to only have fucking Marvel releases every other week. Like we need to go back to the time just in media in general, bro. Like I miss the times when everything didn't have to be part of like a giant series, fucking giant movie franchise. Like I miss like the, the single hits, bro. Like all the, like the cult classics and shit. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to exist anymore because every single time they drop a movie, people dig up on it. They make 60 more fucking movies and they make 30 fucking sideshows for it. Like they need to knock that shit off and, go back to the way shit used to be. People used to get excited to go to the movies and, because yeah, they could actually just go randomly see a movie. It wasn't like they had to see 20, 30 other fucking movies yes, to lead up to this new movie coming exactly, out. Exactly, dude. That's a great point. You didn't... If you if you try to go see, like, for example, Avengers Endgame, but you hadn't seen the first 20 Avengers movies, you're not going to know what's going on. 
And, that's and now they got too many series too that are all canon to the movies. So now it's like mm-hmm. not just the movies; you have to watch all the fucking TV series too. And no one's really watching them either. That's the other thing is like it's almost too much, right? Like we don't need not every character or superhero needs their own spinoff series, right? Um, I'm, but I'm sure. I think maybe part of that comes from that these actors, when they signed the deal ten years ago to make these movies, they were promised X amount of dollars. And that maybe they're not making that, so they give them a show or something like that. I don't know, uh, but I agree. And the same thing with Star Wars. Disney's do, done the same thing with Star Wars. They're oh pumping out God, way too many Star <laughs> too Wars much. things, and they all are. They don't make. They're not. They don't make sense. Like I have coming a, from a hardcore Star Wars fan, dude. Like I was. I'm a diehard fucking Star Wars fan. I was for a long ass time, and as soon as Disney got its hands on it, it ruined it. Everything they've released is mediocre at best is as far as my opinion goes like, oh uh amit in the chat what's up amit from the hockey podcast y'all check that out and then provo said what up amit you think disney is fucking up or what absolutely <laughs> dude amit let give us your thoughts dude um yeah so th- i mean with star wars i haven't i've heard the new andor show is good but i've also seen it on cable i don't know if it's the same uh, but when i was browsing like my youtube tv andor was on there which i thought was odd I didn't know. I thought it was exclusive. So maybe they're desperate. I don't know, man. You know what they need to do? Honestly, this is what Disney needs to fucking do. Because everybody's been waiting, dude. They only have four of these fucking movies. Instead of wasting all your time on all this crazy amounts of Marvel shit, bring back Pirates of the fucking Caribbean, dog. No, no, they ruined them. They ru- After the first two, they got weird. Well, I mean, I guess they're all kind of fucked up and in the air now because of the whole Johnny Depp thing. Because it's like you can't oh, really no, add jo- parts to the Caribbean without him. Johnny and Depp's they were coming like, back, Fuck bro. You, we don't want you. That that and lawsuit then, was his career, like getting kickstarted again. Like he's gonna be back, I promise. But my question is: Is he gonna do that like fuck off thing until they give him some ridiculous amount of money? And then even oh, on top of that, they'd well, only be able to produce one movie because they wouldn't be able to afford. What would you? That. What would you do if you were Johnny Depp and they True. fucked you for deck for years? And, like, ruined your whole career just because some bitch who's crazy, like, you know, made some stuff up, which, according to the court case, is true. I believe all women, but I'm just saying that's what the court said. Um, wouldn't Not you? Not to mention, too, he created, like, Jack Sparrow. Like, that that's was his, him. Yeah. That's, like, his character. Like, nobody else could do it because it's his personality. So oh, it's like, Provo made it. They- Provo made a good point. He said Disney went from making content for children to making content for adults. That's a good point. They do... They have done that. They've done a lot of, like, The Mandalorian is not a kid's show, right? I've heard Andor is not a kid's show. All these Marvel shows are not necessarily kid's shows. And so I can understand that the transition from that might be hard, but they're trying to keep all those lifelong fans that they have. But you know what? I like some of the kids' movies, you know, even as an adult. Like, what did I watch? What's the most recent one that I that I saw that I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Like, I think, you know, I saw Frozen when I was like 18 or something like that. And I was like, oh, this is this was good. Bring you it know? back a little bit. My favorite Martian was Disney. That was <gasps> fucking awesome. Dude, you know my favorite Martian? Nobody I know has ever seen that movie except for me. That's one of my favorite favorite movies dude, dude i watched that vhs so goddamn much dude that it oh started getting God. the little frizz yes, at the top of the dude, my favorite too. martian what a fucking banger rocky dude road, rocky road rocky, rocky road, road. <laughs> <laughs> dude what a great movie i forgot about that that's awesome dude yeah and like wasn't sandlot also a disney movie uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know if, if it was directly Disney. But it those, was probably bought out. But that's one of those. Max. That's one of those. Like Disney could do those one-off movies again, right? They could do it. 
and any bring it production back. company they just need to start doing one-off movies because then people can actually just have a date night go to the movie theaters not have to make it like oh we have to watch 30 movies before we go to see this because mm-hmm. more often than not you go to the movies dude and like nine out of the 10 movies that are playing are part of a franchise or a series. That's like you a good can't point. just go to the movies and just go see a fucking movie. And the one movie that isn't part of a franchise is generally some sappy romantic comedy that like, or, come or, on, let's be honest. Or it's very bros. few people actually want to see that. Or it's bros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sappy romantic comedy. <laughs> the, gay, the gay sappy romantic comedy. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. All right. Let's, uh, let's anything else on that before we move on to uh, my clip. Oh, I think that's about it on that one, at least. Okay. I, I, I want to see more that happens with it because I just saw this starting to pop up within the last couple of days, but it's one of those things that, like, I want to see where it actually oh. comes of it and when everything gets pushed into action, if we're actually going to start seeing, like... Yeah, he's talking a lot, but... Content. Yeah, he's talking a lot, but we'll see what happens. I doubt anything will, but I don't know, man. Times are changing. Here we go. Uh, I haven't watched this whole clip, so I'll stop it when it feels appropriate. But this is about that Balenciaga thing going on, and this is another YouTuber's take on it. So shout out to Infinite Elgintensity. Here we go. It's your returning champion, Elgintensity, a.k.a. the Grand Trap Trapquisitor. This month, Balenciaga received backlash for objectifying children in its online ads. This PR crisis came about a month after the company ended its relationship with Kanye West due to his tweets. Let's see how Balenciaga went from making a major decision to cut ties to releasing ads inspired by QTs. Balenciaga's first campaign was a collaboration with Adidas. If you zoom in, you can see a page from the decision in US v. Williams. The brand claimed that it didn't want to be associated with the subject matter of that case. It would be like me promoting a new t-shirt by placing it on top of a copy of Cali Muscle's book or worse yet, printouts of his old modeling portfolio. (laughs) It's obvious that Balenciaga planned this ad down to the smallest detail. They can play the victim all they want, but all those fiddlers will get is the world's smallest violin. A spokesperson representing the photographer said that the company was well aware of how the finished ads would look. Everyone from Balenciaga was on the shoot and was present on every shot and worked on the edit of every image in post-production. That company knew what it was doing every step of the way. To think otherwise is nonsensical. Heavy on the nonce. The luxury brand's second campaign featured toddlers holding teddy bears with BDSM gear on. Because nothing says glutton for punishment like paying thousands of dollars to look homeless. Other pictures (laughs) of this campaign reference child sacrifices and contain demonic imagery. Balenciaga needs to paint its headquarters with blue and white stripes already. Of course the brand is to blame, but so are the parents of these models. I haven't seen money make anyone overlook a family member's inappropriate contact with a bear since Tony Soprano covered for Vito Spadafore. The photographer for this campaign said that it was part of a series called Toy Stories, which explores what people collect and receive as gifts. In my day, kids got their hands on Berenstain bears, not Jeff Epstein bears. Uh-huh. Then they got 36 chambers, because Wu-Tang is for the children. I'm not sure how many kids interact with Balenciaga's online platforms, but the toys and the child models were included to draw them in. The weirdos behind these campaigns are a bunch of rock spiders using the web to catch prey. Regarding the Adidas collaboration, the brand posted on Instagram, We apologize for displaying unsettling documents in our campaign. We take this matter very seriously and are taking legal action against the parties responsible for creating the set and including unapproved items for our Spring 23 campaign photo shoot. Imagine making a fool of yourself because you didn't know what was on the camera. Good job, Balenciaga. You're basically DSP. 
<laughs> All right, yeah, that was uh, I subscribed to the, that guy. Shout out Infinite Ilgentensity. That was uh, that was great. I uh, think it's humor. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, good stuff. But yeah, this uh, this whole Balenciaga thing. Did you see the the photos besides before now? No, I hadn't even heard about this. Oh, to be dude, with this is like little kids with like teddy bears and like bondage uh, outfits and like. You know, dude, you shit. see this shit everywhere. They got it's, those, what are they, little LOL dolls and shit, and they they pretty much have like bondage outfits on too. Like, why is it that all of this like bondage shit is getting hidden within kid shit? And then this this one, it's plain in sight. But. Well, and but and then w- this sparked people to go back and look at old Balenciaga ads and things like that. And there's one of like, you know, a, ba- a lady holding like dead babies covered in blood, like on a photo shoot. It's like. What the fuck? Like you're selling purses and shit. Like with this, this it's just it's cl- it's so in our faces, man. It's it's I don't it, it, I I don't know how people aren't like waking up to this and like obviously all us poor people can't uh, fucking afford Balenciaga anyway. But I just think that it's ironic that they canceled Kanye and you know took all his all that uh, contract money away. And then, you know, it hit come out with this shit. And they blamed it on, like, oh, we didn't know what was going on. It's like, how do you not know? Like, you you signed off on it. Like, you paid the people. You've paid the photographers. You paid the you, – you ran the campaign. Like, what the fuck? You know, we're seeing so much more of this. And I, I, I hope this wakes people up. But at this point, I'm just like – we're all in it's the trying same. to normalize the maps, bro. That's what's going on. That, honestly, dude. I guarantee you, there's some well, other you, fuckers. You in just there normalized it. You, you just normalized it yourself by saying maps, dude. They're fucking pedos. Save for what it is, dude. Maps, <laughs> well, my I ass. Well, I thought it'd be funny to use their terms. Well, it's like Dora the Explorer. I'm the map. 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 Where dude, do we go? Dude, that fucking line though about uh, paying millions of dollars to look homeless. I thought that shit. Was oh, hilarious. that was great. But that was great. Just in general, like, why the fuck is I don't know. It's weird that Balenciaga is doing a team up with, uh, uh, okay. So, and a little side thing for Adidas. It's not technically Adidas. We're it's United Adidas. States is the only place that, yeah, Adidas. It's Adidas. So, but yeah, it's just like, why are those brands collaborating in the first place? I thought, I thought that was when well, they weird, both were, kind of they were both too. partnered with Kanye, which is interesting too. I think this whole, did you hear that, you know, Kanye walked out on the Tim pool show? Dude, I just heard a bunch of shit about him just on a bunch of podcasts and people putting him in weird spots or just like dude, saying whatever and he just, I, him just being like, fuck this shit. I wasted my time doing this. And he'll just like, dude, I think he, show. I really think like he is keen on some information and, you know, knows the people who are, you know, running the shit like and he called you think out he woke up from the brainwashing. He, like yeah, said the no, right, no hardcore right phrase. Like he, he <laughs> his personal trainer was a trained MK. Like it's proven now that his personal trainer and he put posted the text messages from his trainer. Like his trainer was a, a trained MK ultra, like, uh, you know, expert, like how to MK ultra people. Like it's, it's crazy, dude. And so I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know how to say this cause we're on YouTube. Um, but I support Kanye in his search for the truth and his search and quest to get the truth out there. I just hope he does it the right way. If that makes sense. I, I feel like, uh, honestly, homeboy was brainwashed and maybe there was something in the back of his subconscious that was like fighting against it. And that would explain all the weird shit he's been doing for like years. And now he is, he just flipped the switch on whatever programming he had in his mind. And now he's just like 
full on acting on on that part of his mind that's like hasn't been brainwashed or pushed into like following whatever agenda he's been trying to do forever. Like there's something weird that isn't just him. I don't think it's necessarily like mental illness. I think it was people fucking with his head and him finally starting to like, for lack of a better term, like wake up finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope so, dude. I I don't know what what's going on with him, but uh, I did a whole episode with the guys from uh, the You Feel Me podcast. Shout out to uh, Jay and Wayne. Um, yeah, it was... But I just think it's it's too coincidental that this this comes out now after all that, right? Kanye is still in the news, and then this whole Balenciaga thing comes out. Like you know, it's just it's odd. It's it just goes to show that like no one, none of these companies, just like Disney, like they don't actually give a shit what you think about how you think about them or what you like what you care about. They don't give a shit, right? They really don't care because it. Oh God, excuse me. That was a good one. If um, <laughs> if Balenciaga cared about doing the right thing, right? Because that was their whole point. Like, oh, we're going to cancel Kanye. He did the wrong thing. You know, then they would Let's cancel Kanye to objectify children. That that sounds like a that's really, my, really that's smart That's what I'm saying, move. dude. It's, and, it's ridic- and it's like, well, he's a black man. Why are you doing that to a black man, right? Isn't he oppressed? Like, shouldn't he get to, like, speak his truth? And it's like, not that black man. It's like, oh, okay, I see now. So that's my thing. It's just like. They're, if they really cared about doing the right thing, they wouldn't be doing this shit, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's my one of my clips, and I, I'm sure people are going to go deeper into this, but I don't want to go super deep into that. It's, I'm trying to have fun, but this was topical, and uh, I'm motherfuckers just, are making shit weird. We'll just call it for what it is. I'm just excited like- to get to the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, any final thoughts on this before we hit your your clips? Um, I don't think so. Other than uh. Uh, we're finally being able to connect dots on making a map of the maps, but not trying to normalize that concept. I want to use pedos, but you just got to put maps with maps. We're making maps of all the maps. So now we know which companies are pro fucking children. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Um, okay. They, and, just flag and using, their, they wave their freak flags high, man. And using their own logic. If you, if you don't denounce it, then you, your silence is violence against the children. Right. Call them out for what it is, man. All right. Here's a, okay. What is this? Alaskan pyramid. Okay. So first of all, I know that you're going to hate it, but it's an AI. Oh, voice is because, it? Okay. Okay. I can art. Okay. Just looking at it now. I cannot you find said anything that. else on this. That wasn't an AI voice. Okay. I can already tell there's going to be really shitty music going on in the background. And it's going to be, you said it's an AI voice. I already hate this clip a hundred percent just by you saying that, but We'll play it. We'll get through it. Try to focus the content, on the content, though. Is is really obviously we will something that you really cool to talk about. To focus on the information. Here we go. You ready? If it makes you feel any better, I tried to look for the one with the least bad background music. So at least I got that going <laughs> for you. I tr- I tried to take you into consideration because I I ran through like Whoa. forty. Well, it was hard to find a clip in the first place, but the ones I did find that were like within our time were all robot voices. So I tried to find the least bad with the least bad music so that's okay i appreciate my best i appreciate the effort thank you we'll play the clip here we go in 1992 channel 13 anchorage reported a news story regarding an apparent discovery of a huge pyramid buried underground about 50 miles from mount mckinley the story stated that three scientists in anticipation of a nuclear test by the chinese government 
had set up seismic recording equipment around the area. By pure accident, they discovered evidence for the massive structure below them. The piece may have gone unnoticed, but the story goes that a retired military member had watched this on television, and 20 years later in 2012, he allegedly told what he knew of the structure to experienced ufologist and expert in cattle mutilation cases, Linda Moulton Howe. According to Moulton Howe, <laughs> the ancient pyramid is an ancient Linda. structure that was built for the purposes of generating power. It was apparently buried by the same people who built it, but it is not known who this civilization was. Following Moulton Howe's revelations, an abundance of stories and information on the site from alleged whistleblowers, flooded into her. Bruce L. Pearson, from New Jersey, stated that a pilot had informed his father that the pyramid was not made by man and that it was indeed a power generator that was thousands of years old. It could generate enough power to power not only all of Alaska, but most probably much of Canada also. Another person, referred to only as the 46-year-old adopted son of a retired Western electric engineer claimed that his father had told him a dark pyramid did exist in Alaska, and what's more, his father had worked on a powerful electrical system inside it in the early 1960s. Okay. Well, we've heard of these kinds of things before, particularly in like Antarctica, like the Antarctic pyramids and things like that. And we have satellite images of those. Uh, I hate this clip even more because there was nothing, no other clip, like no other visuals, right? Like it would have like been. I said, this one's a really hard one to find because it's been so removed. Like I've heard multiple stories of people that saw this original newscast, mm -hmm. and uh, they completely pretended like it didn't exist. And uh, I was—I don't remember exactly what can, show it was on, but can we there was find somebody... the original newscast? If you can find it, what, man, that'd what, be awesome. what should I look up? Like uh, Alaskan pyramid. I know she said the year in there. Black News. pyramids. Alaskan black pyramid. But my other thing that kind of goes with this that I'm starting to wonder too is that it seems like uh, all these pyramids are found in very extreme climate areas, you know, like obviously Egypt, um, you got them in Antarctica, you got them in Alaska. So I almost start to wonder too if obviously these things had a, had a purpose that we don't fully understand or comprehend, but I wonder too if in a way these things affected the uh, environment of these areas and made them inhabitable and then when these things went dormant or stopped being used, that's why the climate is how it is, is because it's almost like, I wonder if this thing was giving off some type of field or something that made it so that these specific areas could be inhabitable. Or if on the flip-flop, the areas that we think of as inhabitable used to be the habitable areas, and where we live now were the inhabitable areas, and, you know, just climates, different things started to shift. And now... Oh, okay, so you're saying, like, these pyramids could have been in places where the climate was... Uh, thriving and you know uh, plentiful like Egypt is now a desert but back when the pyramids were built it was much more tropical and beautiful with and lush with greenery and things like that and then uh, like with Alaska maybe it was warmer a warmer time when it was when these things were built and the, the pyramids also kind of sustained that cl mm -hmm. uh, climate with the power that they were generating and then once they turned off it kind of went dark 
right? Or when that's what Aaron. I was kind of wondering if maybe it was that's interesting a livable area, and then they built it there, or if maybe it wasn't a livable area at all, and maybe that's part of the reason of why they built it in these areas was because they were able to uh, make the area inhabitable somehow by whatever magnetic field they give off or mm. whatever they happen to do. That's, if it that's interesting, I I've never thought of it like that before, but that I that is interesting. Um, another part of this too, is that there are pyramids all over the world. I mean, all over the world. They're in almost every country. I mean, there's pyramids in Ukraine, like some very old, old pyramids are in Ukraine. Right. Um, and, and there, obviously I've never heard of pyramids in Alaska until now, but that's your theory is fascinating. I like that. We should, we should look more into this kind of where these pyramids are located and what you know the official time or you know period that they were built and what the what the climate was like then that's very fascinating and what the different variations may be to mm-hmm. them too because maybe if they're made up of different materials they're used for different things right like, uh, maybe they use this because they're the black pyramids that they find in alaska and at least from the satellite views i've seen of the alaska or of the uh, ones in antarctica they seem like they're like a darker color too mm-hmm. so i wonder if also the material that they used Kind like of volcanic rock or obsidian like, or something like that. Yeah, where like if they use the dark cubes to be able to make a cold area warm, and if they use some kind of light rock material like in Egypt to make an area, you know, a little bit cooler to make it more inhabitable for people instead of like a desert area, possibly. That's interesting. I think we should look more into this. This is something that I think deserves a little more digging into. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it except for that. But And to point out that there are pyramids all over the world in some form. Um, And I'm sure we, maybe we should also look into like the ley lines too. Maybe the ley lines intersect Mm -hmm. somehow. Um, That's fascinating. We should maybe look into that. Maybe that's a, I'm kind of curious if these ones line up with any constellations too, because obviously we know the ones in Egypt line up with constellations. So I wonder if the Alaskan and the um, Antarctic ones line up with any constellations, if it's the same constellations or if it's a totally different constellation. Yeah, maybe this, this, this is a topic that might deserve its own show. You and I You're should not do. wrong. <laughs> we should really look at, cause I don't want to get into it now because I just don't have it. I don't want to just make stuff. This is one of those topics where I don't want to just like nonsense bullshit about it because that's an interesting theory about the climate. That's something that I have not made a connection to in terms of these ancient structures. And so maybe, yeah, maybe we should look into that and maybe do it. Cause I mean, it, we're already trying to control the weather now and dude, if we already kind of have this idea that oh my people God, back don't in get the day were more advanced than us. <laughs> don't get me know. started, Shane. When I was looking to do clips, I was like, maybe I'll just show pictures of my, that I took on my phone today of all these fucking chemtrails, dude. Literally, I probably took 80 pictures today. The pyramid of the old school version of geoengineering. <laughs> but maybe for the bent, and that's my thing with this geoengineering crap is like, if you can change the weather, why not make it better? Right. Why not make it better? Why you got to spray all this crap in the sky? I mean, like, oh, dude, like it's so it's so bad. They're trying uh, to make it hot and humid for those reptilians, man. Dude, that's <laughs> that frantic Missy. I give her credit every time they're trying to bring back the antediluvian climate so that the lizard people can thrive and grow big like dinosaurs again. That's my oh, th- God. Can you remi- can you imagine that? <laughs> all the reptilians just shed their skin and turn into giant dinosaurs dude, like fuck. <laughs> it's not it's they, they don't want uh, they keep saying like, oh, climate, you know, that's why in the 70s, right, it was climate, uh, you know, we were going to enter an ice age. We were all going to freeze to death. It was global cooling was a problem. And then it changed to global warming, right? So, like, it was too cold, so we got to warm up the earth. And then I think we hit the right temperature, 
And so they're like, whoa, 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 slow down. We got to, we got to cool it off a bit. We got to keep it at this perfect temperature for the antediluvian climate to come back. That's what I think that I don't, I don't necessarily think that, but that's a theory that I've, I, you know, based on what Missy said and all this stuff, you know, that's a, a, that's a potential theory is like, maybe we hit the sweet spot, like in like 2001, something like that. And now it's like, oh, we've gotten too hot. We got to bring it back a little bit or we got to stop it because we're at a good place right now. You know, one of those things. Like, it's like when you turn the stove on too hot to get the water to boil. You yeah, know, you got to bo- keep adjusting it back and forth. Yeah, you, you, you put it, it too exact, hot and then it starts boiling over. So you got to turn it down just a little bit and then it stops boiling. Like, okay, I got to go right in the middle or something. So good, good point. Good point, dude. We should uh, seriously try to do a show on that. That would be a good uh, show to do just on that topic. I wrote it down. Black pyramids in Alaska and climate. Oh yeah, dude! Don't get me started on research, man. I'll end up with uh, like no, twelve sh- to fifteen pages. Go you, ask Ghost. You should do the re- you should do the research. That'd be great. <laughs> you already know I will. <laughs> you, you do the research. I've been trying to work on a show for my own podcast. Uh, doing like a, I want to do like a presentation of like comparing Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison and Marconi, those three like kind of main inventors, and see what like were they all working independently? I mean, obviously we know Tesla and Edison worked together and, and kind of took from each other a little bit. So I want to do like a breakdown of that. So that's an episode I'm, I'm trying to work on, but this is a, this would be a, a heavy, uh, research heavy episode if we did it. I, and I'd be down to do it. We just, I, we'd have to talk and kind of figure out what, how we're going to break that down. Oh yeah, definitely. I want to dig into the Alaskan stuff because like I was saying, even trying to find the clip, um, there's some basic information you can find on it, but you can tell it's very intentionally hidden knowledge because you look it up on Google and you barely find shit and then you go on Brave and then all of a sudden everything pops up. Well, I'm on Brave right now. So let's see. I just typed in Black Pyramid in Alaska and oh, it's underground. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I like how the, the robot voice said Moulton, uh, Moulton Howe, like Linda Moulton Howe is like a, one of the leading research for, for 30 years. Like she's been going deep on this stuff for a long time. Um, so that's interesting that they fucked her name up, but yeah, the first thing I get is a blog about Linda Moulton Howe's, uh, research. So we'll have to look, that's where maybe where we'll start with our research and, and go into that. But, um, anything else on this before we move on? Just high strangeness, high weirdness, man. I want people to be aware of it and check into it, man, because uh, it's one of those things that's intentionally trying to get hidden, like I was saying. So get the word out, even if it's just the basic premise, like let people know that there's pyramids in Alaska also. Right, right. And in Ukraine. People Mm -hmm. forget about that. They're in the Ukraine. But the weirdest variation is the Alaskan pyramids are black. That's that's another thing I find very interesting. I don't even know if I've seen pictures of the Ukrainian pyramids. I wonder what color they are. I wonder uh, if you even can find pictures or if there are pictures, if they're uh, edited pictures. Cause I feel like uh, the Alaskan ones, I haven't actually seen any like actual pictures of it, but there's like whistleblower after whistleblower after whistleblower mm-hmm. that talk about it and then get silenced directly after. Like well, originally, like I was saying this, this, uh, it was a news story that got, that was put on the news and directly after they completely pulled it off, destroyed the tape. And uh, from the story that I was hearing, there was a few people that went down to, the uh, news station asking about it and they were basically were like, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't do an episode on it. Then I don't want to get silenced. That'd be bad. <laughs> hey man, it's kind of fun. You got to provoke them. You got to, you got to, you got to poke the bear sometimes, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of poking the bear, let's, uh, that's a great transition to go to my clip. Uh, this is, this is part one. This is kind of just like a intro into what's going to 
piss me off here in a minute. And I might have Russians to Russians fighting bears. No, no, no. I might have to. Okay. So as we know, a couple of years ago, Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen, the boss did a podcast and it was awful. And so I'm just going to play a little clip. <laughs> I'm just going to play a little clip of like this. I'm going to go pee as well, but uh, I'll be, I'll be real quick. So I'm going to play this little clip of them kind of doing this gay little podcast and then I'll come Sorry, I muted myself. I'll come back and and we'll do the the more relevant clip of kind of the same topic. So here we go. This is uh, Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama. I'm sorry, everybody. (laughs) Well, it's kind of become one. This friendship started really in 2008. You know, Bruce Springsteen decided to charitably help out some (laughs) not very well-known new U.S. senator who had the audacity to run for president. Over time, that friendship deepened. I am the president. He is the boss. In 1969, I was a 19-year-old kid playing in a bar in Asbury Park the night they landed on the moon. And last year, they sat down together for a couple of days here at Springsteen's New Jersey farm to talk about their lives and our world. I look back on, you know, we were all idiots at the time. (laughs) Those conversations became a podcast and now the book. Renegades born in the USA. You describe the two of you as a little simpatico. I think Bruce threw his music. I tease him about how much better it is being a rock and roll star than being a, a politician. Which, of course, it is. He does not really deny it. Um, there is a certain uh, sense of uh, ministry to Bruce's music, and his w- body of work is around these issues of... of you know, who are we? That's the question. And, and what's important? We came here tonight because we want to build a house. What I do on any given evening. Okay. When I'm is that enough? Job, are you done? <laughs> dude, it's, it feels it sounds so forced. Like, oh, I don't know, dude. dude. It, <laughs> did you ever listen to the actual podcast? It was bad. I don't think I want to. <laughs> no, you don't want to. Okay, so that, so we know this happened. It flopped. It was not good. And gave podcasting a bad name. Bruce is a douche. Obama kills lots of uh, killed a lot of brown kids. And why does uh, every ex president and ex rock star, just in general, why do, <laughs> why do all these people that have no business podcasting think they can just hop on and just be like, well podcasters? <laughs> you could ask the same thing about us, right? What what business do we have? But at least we try to be genuine. And they had millions, I'm sure, millions of dollars, you know, on the budget to make the show. And no one ended up listening to it. At least we're not losing. I mean, losing millions of dollars. I'm, I'm losing some money because. But that, that's the, that's the thing, though. That's what I'm saying is that like we came in with I don't want to say any expectations. Where like they're coming in with like the full expectation that it's gonna fucking rock. It's gonna be great. This is gonna be awesome. Well, it's because it's the boss and Obama, bro. That's why it's gonna rock. Clearly, it did not. <laughs> no. Okay. So let me get into this next clip. This is a preview of an upcoming radio show but it's being presented by hbo like they're pushing this thing so hard and i think it's one of another example of this these people trying to stay relevant so this is howard stern interviewing bruce springsteen and this is the trailer that's on hbo oh god it's, i can't even stand this dude, dude anymore after the, the whole cring- like him with covid and shit this is the cringiest thing i've ever seen here we go oh yeah i got some sound now 
One, two. Bruce Springsteen is a few inches away from me, and I am, I'm starstruck. <laughs> we have so many questions, so let me just dive in. Sounds great. I love what you say about your dad. Boy, yeah. do I relate to that. It was tough. My role model, yeah. my father was not giving. I was born in blue and weather. All I knew is I am his agent in the world, and I'm going to make something out of your story. A lot of my work, if not most of it, that's the root of it. A special HBO event in association You're with Sirius with Clarence. Yeah. Do yeah. I have it right? You were sitting and strumming the guitar? That was tough. I had a feeling you could hear me because he could squeeze your hand. So I just played the song. Oh, meet me in a land of hope and dreams. Beautiful it's, song. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a hymn. You have Two legends. in songwriting. First thing you want is a good metaphor. One unforgettable conversation. I'm playing and I'm singing, but I'm listening too. If I'm creating that sensation for me, I know I'm creating it for you. <laughs> Mutual <laughs> pleasure. Sit tight. Finally got me to cry on the air. It's the first time ever. Wow. Wow is right. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think it's time now. Run to the left. Run to the left. Okay, what the fuck are we doing here, people? What the fuck is going on, okay? I mean, Howard Stern. As, as Shane said, you were freaked out by a little fucking virus for three years. You didn't come out of your fucking house, dude. What the fuck's your deal? And now you're going to bring the boss in and he's going to make you cry on your own show. What a cuck, dude. What a you fuck, little bitch. What a little <laughs> bitch you are, dude. I mean, come on, dude. Oh, my daddy it was mean to me and he inspired me to write the music. Fuck you, dude. We all got daddy problems, okay? That's what makes us human. But what the Every f single musician has a daddy issue. I'm That's just why they're a musician saying, in the first dude, place. I mean, it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? And and why is this on HBO? What, what Who's desperate here? Is it HBO? I feel like it's Howard Stern and Bruce Springsteen because I don't think HBO fucking needs Howard Stern and Bruce Springsteen. They got the fucking House of Dragons, dude. They're doing fine. So who reached out to who in this situation to be like, hey, we should do this like collab and like, you know, we'll bring Bruce on, the boss, and, you know, he'll make Howard Stern cry like a little bitch on his show. Like, okay, if you preface it that way, then maybe I'll watch it. But what the fuck are we doing here? Howard Stern is a legend. Bruce Springsteen is a legend, but they have fallen from grace. These people have, they're the biggest cucks in the world. One, Bruce, you go do a fucking show with Barack Obama saying like, oh my God, we're going to change the world. It's a white man and a black man and we're going to, it's like, no, you're both a bunch of fucking rich douchebags who are completely irrelevant. Obama killed tons of American civilians and, and brown children over in the Middle East. And Bruce Springsteen, you haven't made a good album in 30 years, dude. So what the fuck are we doing here? Oh, and Bruce, you're going to try again. 
You're gonna. Oh, we know Obama tried with. He he's on his third term right now with Mr. Biden, right? But Bruce, you're gonna come back and hit it with Howard Stern, another failed fucking douchebag from the 90s who was absolutely killing it. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? I mean, not 90s, early 2000s. But you, but you get my point. Like, is it Bruce going to these people trying to keep make them relevant again, or is it people reaching out to Bruce trying to make him feel relevant again? Or is it just a big fucking circle jerk of just these old douchebags who don't know what the fuck is going on in the world, and so they have to cry to each other about how their dads beat them and how, you know, they miss being uh, on top of the world? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Okay, I'm done. Dude, they're trying to fit in with the woke culture. That's what it is, because the woke culture is all about that nostalgia thing. So, one, you already got that one covered. And then, two, the whole woke culture wants to hear about everybody sad, why they have mental issues, why this, why that. Like, they're trying to appeal to the younger crowd. Like, I see exactly what they're fucking doing. Because if you want to appeal to the younger crowd, you got to try to look as uh, as as weak as possible. Because that's the only way that you're going to appeal to them. Because they don't want somebody who's strong and independent and who's going to say how shit is. They want somebody who's tucked in the corner like, oh, no, but, you know, I, I got beat when I was a kid. And because well, of that, now I'm scared to uh, have conversations with people well, in and, public. And But I think it's I think it's I don't even think it goes that deep. I think I think it's just them trying to stay relevant. I mean, Howard Stern. Like none I'll put of money on Howard Stern was the one that uh, organized this. We weren't. Like, we would not be here. Shit. We would not be here doing this if it wasn't for Howard Stern and what he did many years ago. Right? He was. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't give him that much credit. We'll go with Art Bell for our our area. For, our for a lot of radio stuff, yes, but for ours, let let's not give him that credit. Let's give Art Bell that. Okay, credit. shout out to Art Bell. Rest in peace. But I'm just saying, like. Howard did a lot for this kind of format, right? For this kind of thing going on, right? And he broke a lot Back of the when he rules. He was edgy before he became a little bitch. That's what I'm saying. He broke a lot of the rules. He pushed the envelope and it like inspired a lot of people. Like it inspired Joe Rogan, all this stuff, right? Great, great, great stuff. But you got to know when to put it down, brother. I mean, you got, but, and I get it. You're making a ton of money from Sirius XM, but who fucking listens to Sirius XM anymore? We all have phones that Bluetooth to our cars. We have CarPlay. Like, no one's in their fucking car listening to Sirius XM anymore. You know, only He's the trying boot- to trying to get the dead format to work, man. Same with a lot of the radio shit. It's like, honestly, if they want to succeed in the changing world, you see it a lot with, like, talk show hosts, like, 101, um, local channel that I listen to, but everybody kind of roughly knows who Dave and Chuck the Freak are. Um, like yeah, as far as the local shit, nobody's really listening to the local shit. Everybody's listening to the podcast. So it's like, if they want to survive in this changing market, like you got to stop trying to push and keep the old methods of getting your information out. You need to switch to the, to the new thing, man. Like mm-hmm. if you want to make shit work, like Howard Stern needs to switch to a podcast. Yes. He'll have this very specific niche group of people that listen to him, but he'll still probably do way fucking better than he would on Sirius XM. Yeah. And I, and I get that. That is a good point because, and, but honestly, I feel like the mediums are kind of, we're going full circle because I feel like now audio is making a comeback, right? Like it's making a comeback in a big way through podcasting, but you're right. The radio is no one listens to the fucking radio in their car anymore. Certainly not like, well, think of Art Bell, right? People, his show was on at midnight in some places, sometimes, you know, sometimes like two or three in the morning, depending on where you're at. But people would listen to his show in their homes or if they're working late, like all the night shift people, like those are the people who would listen to his show either at home or in their car or whatever it was. But that no one that doesn't happen anymore. They're listening to Spotify or they got a podcast on or or whatever, or they're fucking watching Netflix on their dashboard. I mean, no, I know that happens, right? There's but I'm just saying it's it's gotten a little it. it 
this this is kind of stuff is it's so cringe it's so bad it it makes me upset and it gives all of us like a bad a bad look and dude honestly though because podcasters get ripped on constantly dude i see that shit through social media all the time we deserve it we suck we should get ripped on please rip on us it's good for the show but i mean but if you're a fucking if you claim to be two legends coming together it's like why you gotta be so gay about it you know it's one of those things that it's like, and why is other it always with call Bruce? You that, but you shouldn't call yourself that. You know what I mean? Like, even if you are, it's just like a humbling thing to like. Other people can call you a legend. Don't call yourself a legend. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point, Shane. You can call me a legend. That's okay. That's fine, Kyle. You are a legend. All right. Well, I'm. I. Oh man. Uh, great deception, Matt. In the in the chat, he said, "How is the private parts guy a cuck for the fascist regime? Was he an actor the whole time playing a role? I don't know who he's talking about. Is he talking?" I assume he's, he's talking, talking about Howard Stern because uh, Private Parts was uh, his one movie that he made where it was supposed to be like about his life type of thing. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. I didn't. I didn't know about that. Okay. Interesting. Honestly, it's a good movie. That's why I said like I was. I really enjoyed Howard Stern, and now it's like after everything that he's become, like I can't take the dude seriously. It's I can't even go back and enjoy that movie that I used to enjoy because I just look at him like a fucking moron now. Right. Well, I and I hope that you can maybe move past that, Shane, because I always do try to separate the art from the artist, like. It's just you hard know, with that like, one that's because why, it's not like he's an actor playing a, a role. Like he's he's playing himself. That's well, that's, that's where that and one. That's is fine, like but maybe back then, like maybe he actually stood for something, or you liked him back then. I think that's okay to go back and like those things. I can understand how now it would ruin it for you, but you know, I think there's no problem going back and like listening to his old shows and like oh yeah, you know those back kinds when of things. Yeah, like I yeah exactly. Like I I still listen to that kind of that, that nostalgia thing, right? Like. I went back and listened to uh, the art. I, I listen to Art Bell when I go to sleep at night because he's got a great voice. It's soothing. Something about the static on the open f- open lines episodes when people call in. Just that, like you know, landline. I love it. It just it that, has that like yeah, I don't dude. Know, it, it makes you feel it, like it you're in the car. Like, I love it. You're in the car driving from grandma's house, and it's you know ten o'clock at night or whatever, and you're falling asleep in the back seat in your car. You know, it's just one of those like nostalgia moments, and I, it puts me right to sleep. But I, I have no problem with people like enjoying create, you know, things from people who maybe now have kind of fallen off the, the wagon is so to speak. Right. Like you still just have to know when to stop though. Cause you see it a lot with bands too, that they, there's a lot of bands that'll just stop and they'll just say like, this is our time to stop. And if we keep going, we're going to tarnish our name. And a lot yeah, of people that, just need to like great... learn that their extent is right here and don't ruin everything else that you've done because yes, there is going to be a big group of people that are going to look at you now and not be able to enjoy your previous That's stuff. That's a now. great example, dude, a band with musicians and bands. Like they make some great albums, you know, maybe their second, third, fourth album is amazing. You know, they do a great job and that's what everyone knows and loves them for, but then they just keep fucking going and it doesn't work and it's not good. And so then the last thing you're left with, what was Metallica's last album? Or the last one I bought was in like in like two thousand you know, mid two thousands or something. Was it was that one of the meta- with it was like magnetic something and it was like a no, coffin or something. Yeah, some it was a coffin, it. dude, and it was doo doo dog shit, man. Maybe there was one or two good songs on there and now it's like, well, I that now I don't listen to Metallica because that album was so bad. Now the Chili Peppers, they their new albums have been decent. I like their new. They just came out with a new album that that's not bad. It's not terrible. It's Chili Peppers, you know. But it's not like they're yeah, like it's like knowing your time. You got to kind of keep an eye on like your numbers, like right, what people are interested right. in, if people are picking up on it. And if people aren't picking up on it, like 
I get that, you know, your music is you, like whatever, like start a new project, start a new name. People will still go to it and listen to it. And then it won't tarnish your old name. Right. Right. It's like, that's what I'm saying with like Howard Stern and, and Bruce Springsteen's like just, but they're also using that their, their notoriety from the past. And they just assume that they're going to have that same kind of a prowess now, which is not they're the only case. hitting 30 and up. You know what I mean? Like they're not like, yeah, that, that that's a good point. That is a good point. I'm sure a lot of boomers will watch Howard Stern. Oh, and, dude, hands fucking down. Everybody that's uh, you, you know, know was what? around Shane, you know during what? like the glory time for them, they're gonna be on top of that shit. Dude. You know what? You know what? We're gonna have to watch this. We're gonna have to watch this Howard Stern, Stern and Bruce Springsteen thing. We're gonna have to now that we've talked so much about it. We're gonna have to watch it. And oh my we're god, we're gonna have to do it science. Uh, was it science mystery theater style? We'll we're just gonna have, have to watch to, it and put ourselves out the bottom and gonna, just talk shit the whole time. We're gonna have to watch it, and it's gonna be what if it's like the editors, the director? What if they did a really good job? And it's like, okay, this wasn't bad. And maybe I cry while Howard Stern cries. I'm gonna feel like such a bitch. But you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna do it for the show. I'm gonna watch it. I have HBO. When it comes out, I'll watch it. I'll report back to you, and I'll let you know how I feel about it. Because yeah, I definitely do. We that, have to be I'm not about to pay for we, HBO hey, for that. We but. have to be honest with ourselves, okay? We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to. I think it's important that us as podcasters criticizing people who are rightly so two legends in the history books, it is unfair to our audience and to ourselves to criticize these people without actually going and listening to it. Uh, one, I I refuse to listen to any more of the Obama Springsteen thing. Fuck that. Obama's a mass murder. I won't do that. But I'll say that's different because of Obama's involved. I will I will I will watch the Howard Stern Bruce Springsteen thing and I will report back and I'll be honest about it. I'll be, give my honest opinions. But I just think that we have when when we do this stuff Shane, do you agree we we should we should be honest with ourselves and with the audience and actually do the work and and report back on these things. I think that's important. If that's going to make our show better is if we actually watch this stuff that we criticize and go deep into it and kind of at least give it a fair try. Right. We have to do that. Would you no, agree? I definitely agree, dude. Okay. Cause well, it's I'll, like for as, as far as I go, at least, like I said, I, I was a Howard Stern fan. Like I used to enjoy that shit. So it's like more so like how I feel is a little bit biased just off the fact of like his current opinions on things, you know? So it's like, I don't know, man. Like I still, I still enjoy everything he did, but it's just like, it's almost like that, like you're you're kind of like subconsciously like mad at them for the way that they are in a way. Yeah, well, and that's, then unpopular opinion. Yeah. I was never a Bruce Springsteen fan, so I could give a fuck less about Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> no, and that's and that's fair. That's fair. I've I've never really gone deep into Howard Stern. I've listened to a few uh, things here and there, a few episodes, but uh, it was a little before my time. Um, I maybe I'll go back, back when and I was listen in radio some... in high school. That was uh, he was a, I don't the know, gold just, standard. It was a, it was a popular yeah. thing. All of us used to like. It, it, well, he wasn't like at his cutting edge point at that. It was like right at like the tail end of it, you know, back when I was in high school, but it was still something that all the radio kids used to listen to. So it yeah. also has that nostalgic feel for me because it reminds me of like my first interactions doing things like this, doing yeah, radio, exactly. doing talking on the air back in high school. So, yeah, exactly. So I will, if you do the research on the black pyramid in Alaska, I will, do, I will do probably the more painstaking research <laughs> and I will watch the Howard Stern, Bruce Springsteen interview 
and we'll report back. Maybe we'll combine those two shows together. <laughs> <laughs> Create a whole other show just out of a uh, be big dumb inquiry reports. Yeah, big dumb inquiry. <laughs> we'll have the in between shows where we just report back. On yeah, the shit we so talked about a week we do prior. a show on a Tuesday. So on Friday we will report back on the shit we talked about on Tuesday, just to give everybody an update. Uh, yeah, I'd love to do that for you guys. Uh, I'm gonna be a little bit so just so this fan base knows and people on your feed know or whatever. Uh, the holidays are coming up, which is busy for everybody, understandably, but I'm also, I'm taking a new job out of town. So I'm going to be not necessarily moving, but I'm going to be kind of back and forth. I got to figure out like my mobile studio rig kind of thing and see how that's going to work. Uh, but I will definitely be home on the weekends. Um, so we can always do shows then, but during the week, it might take a week or two for me to like figure out my life. Cause I'm going to be like away from home and working a new job. So just so uh, everybody on your end knows there might be a little turbulence, but Hey, we're, I'm, I'm still a hundred percent down to keep going, keep doing the show. Things are going to only get crazier and crazier and more exciting. Um, so we got to keep the show going. Uh, just know Big that Dumb ain't going nowhere. It's going to keep going. Same with my show, big dumb podcast. Actually, I, I am pretty much leaning on changing the name of my podcast. I'm going to, I'm, I bought the website domain and everything. Uh, it, I'm going to be changing the name to Kyle cast. I think it's just a little more personal. I think it's a little more me. Uh, no one else has that name. It's a great name for a podcast name. Don't try to take it people. Cause I already bought the domain. Um, <laughs> Kyle Nothing's there yet, but I just, that I don't know when that's happening, but that is going to be happening. But big dumb inquiries will stay the same Shane. Maybe we can talk about it. Uh, but yeah, that, cause I still, I also bought big as well. <laughs> so I have those two locked in. So if anything happens, I have the, I, I like having the freedom to choose, right? Shane, I'm pro choice when it comes to I these mean, things. even for the nostalgic reasons of this show, it's one of those things that it's been big dumb inquiries. Everybody knows it is big dumb inquiries. No, we'll keep if your it. New, yeah. new show and name I, is Kyle cast. It just wouldn't mesh. Right. No, it would not so, mesh. Right. And that's something I really thought about. I was like, man, that would fuck up the, the big dumb inquiries name, but no, it'll mesh. Right. And everything will stay on the same feed. Like my podcast feed will stay the same. The name just might change, but I think it'll help me reach a larger audience too. Um, so that, anyway, that's just things that have been on my mind. Um, and God, dude, I went off on that rant. Like I'm tired now. <laughs> Use all your energy, bro. But we do have a troll clip of the week. Uh, should we get to that before we uh, move on here? Yeah, definitely. Oh, little side note for you, by the way, because you know how you're always drinking fancy uh, beers that are cryptid related, all that kind of shit on the show. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got me mixed up with uh, with Ghost and Ryan, dude. Uh, no, you've had it. You've had a couple different weird beers and stuff on the but show. Never cryptid, crypt, themes, never but. cryptid related. That's Ryan had a had a variety pack of uh, cryptid related beers, and so did uh, so did Ghost. They both had those, and Ghost said they were disgusting. Well, it, in my behalf, because everybody knows I'm not really a big drinker, I got some Hodag root beer. What is a Hodag? It's a it's a cryptid. It's like a well, obviously, but what is it? <laughs> <laughs> What's a good way to describe this? It's like a, it's, it's about like the same kind of build and like shape almost of like a, like a dog, but it's like a prehistoric, like lizard type creature that has like a spined back with, uh, with like little horns. So it's like the thing that Obi-Wan rode in, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I mean, yeah, r roughly. Yeah. But like a smaller <laughs> version, not like you could, you couldn't ride one of these things. I mean, Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to picture in my head is like what Obi-Wan rode. And uh, I also, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but a few, a couple weeks ago I played, um, 
I've had this game for like 15 years. It's a board game. It's Star Wars. It's Trivial Pursuit, which is a classic board game, but it's Star Wars version with a DVD edition. So you pop the DVD in and like you watch clips from the movies and you like answer questions. Dude, it was so fun. And I kicked everybody's ass like guy. And I hadn't played the game in years, but it's like I still know my shit. And I, I kicked everybody's ass. It was fun. Maybe we so should they make a new version of the game and it has all the new stuff. Oh, on no, no, it, and no, no. You and I, I are sitting here like, fuck, I don't know the answer. To any I refuse. Of this shit. Well, even the even the other one was hard. It was hard to to keep up like because it's like very detailed questions like what race is this character or what was this character wearing on this planet in this movie? And you're like, oh, fuck, I don't know. So uh, <laughs> it, it was hard, but I, I did win. Um, so, all right, let me get to this this final clip here. You got to hit our troll clip. Troll I will. Clip clip. I got to pull it up. Let me pull it up first because it's Instagram. It's just going to play as soon as um, it goes on. Here it is. All right. Troll clip of the week. Troll clip of the week. Here we go. I'm a real dude, still play Nintendo. I'm not a creep, but I'm staring in your window. I cut the chick off, she let my man hit it. I snatched her wig off and then ran with it. I'm a real thug, but I'm ticklish. If you tickle my big toe, I'm giggling. Catch me riding on rims, all flat tires. I love the swings, push me higher. Wee, I'm a savage. Penis, size, average. But she says she still gotta have it. Tickle my stomach, I'm laughing. What's happening? I'm a savage. <laughs> Dude, I think that's where rap is going, honestly. Like, I love uh kind of like the the kind of funny like, rap? Yeah, I love funny rap, dude. Like uh, Lil Dicky was always, like, I think he's great. I love his raps and how it's like he kind of makes fun of himself. Like, he's like, I don't got a big dick. I'm kind of Jewish. And, um, you know, this is what I do and all this stuff. Like, I, I, I appreciate that, like, the honesty in rap. And I, I, I've seen this guy before on Instagram. I just gave him a, file, a follow, Rise Hendrix on uh, Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that was that was great. Uh, I, I love that kind of stuff. I'm a sucker. I love good rap. Like, dude, I was the biggest Lil Wayne fan in like, uh, in like middle school, high school. Like I can recite all the words from like the Carter three, the Carter four. Like I got all that shit. Most of the Eminem songs from like the early two thousands, like Mockingbird and all that, like those albums. Like I love rap. I grew up like, you know, jamming, riding the car with my dad, just listening to like gangster rap, dude. Like that's what we listen to. So I, I love it. I love the art form. And I think this is a great way to kind of make fun, like not make fun of it, but just like point out kind of the ridiculousness of it. Cause there's so much hyperbole and exaggeration in it, especially with like these younger rappers. Um, and they're, you know, literally ordering hits on each other, which is another conversation, uh, drill rap, shout out drill rappers, uh, stop doing it. Um, <laughs> but Dude, I, actually I listen to a lot of like United Kingdom European rap and it's fucking hilarious that uh, drill rap is illegal in Ireland so there's this whole like underground facet of like drill rappers but the difference with their shit is that it's all knife crimes over there so it's like it's all of like, them are just rapping about like, stabbing people and shit shoot a bitch with my Glock from down the block it's like stab a bitch right in his face while his mom's watching you know something like that it's like 
Except the lyrics are usually put together way better because well, as far uh, as UK rap goes, obviously, they dummy. <laughs> are way better at constructing their words and they're better at freestyling. So like anybody who's a hip hop fan, like I'm a hardcore hip hop fan, go listen to some fucking UK hip hop and it's like on a whole other level that like if you ever put a UK rapper against 90% of American rappers, dude, like all day, those fucking UK rappers. Yeah, are probably is, is it, it's probably a lot more uh, thought out and more lyrical as far as like the, the dude, they do like 15 minute freestyles just like off the top of their head. Like name, yeah. there's very few American rappers that are like popular rappers that I think have the ability to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I would agree with that. Um, from what I've seen they're they're pretty good. Uh, over and in the UK, garbage too, because those UK rappers. Right. And here's the thing the with the, house, with the bro, UK, you might shit. get like an Indian dude who's spitting this fire at you, you know, or like a, a Somalian dude. Like the UK is just, it's very much. I mean, they're not as diverse as America, but as far as like, it, like in their rap culture, you're gonna get someone who doesn't look British speaking in a British accent rapping. Uh, shit at you and you're gonna be like what did i just watch <laughs> you get a lot of like nigerian people in the uk so there's like a shit ton of uk rappers that are all like heavy nigerian accent but like has that uk twist to it too you know mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly well i like listening to international hip-hop bro i'm all over like i'll okay. listen to some fucking japanese hip-hop i listen well, to some italian hip-hop i listen to some russian fucking hip-hop i don't know what the fuck it's saying dude, you but sent I me it. some of the russian uh fucking <laughs> trap music and i'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> What is this? Like, it's like good, but you're like, this is like a little crazy. Not even the lyrics, just the music. I'm like, did I die? Like, what happened here? What's going they call on? It hard bass, bro. They rap over hard bass. <laughs> hard bass. Just like any hip hop, it's heavily influenced by the music in the area. So it's like you go into like, you know, two live crew, shit like that from like Florida and shit like that. It's very, it's gonna uh, be, yeah. it's like that Latino feel like tropic feel too. You go to stuff that's uh like Detroit based and it's very like R and B feel. You go to California, it's very funk feel. So like you go to these UK rappers and uh, a lot of them are heavily influenced by electronic music. So like a lot of their shits are like electronic. Well, and they're like, they're like their culture is like 15, 10 or 15 years behind ours. So like 10 or 15 years ago, EDM house music, trap, you know, trap music was really popular here but i mean i think europe it is more so like the birth of electronic music to begin with though so they, it's like they so were they were i, I agree like the in you know, amsterdam like in the clubs like you know uh what's that like the the one trap song that or uh that everyone knows it's sandstorm da -da 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 -da. oh i thought you're gonna say by taisto Everyone knows that one, right? I remember that in like sixth, seventh grade. Yes, dances, dude. We were jiving up, up and down. Yeah, dude, that was great. That was fun <laughs> stuff, dude. Yeah, uh, I would. Uh, I here's the thing. You said it, uh, drill drill rap is illegal in Ireland. I, I would like it if it was more uh, monitored here, but I am. I don't want to like prevent people from. You know, if it's truly artistic expression, I don't want to like outlaw that here. But if anybody I, wants to hear an example of this, pretty fucking dope artist, look up Inked. He's the uh, uh, Irish uh, drill rapper, and it's spelled I N K. -E, but does he uh, actually? Do people actually go get killed based on his music? Like, I mean, he's like heavily like a lot of those drill rappers do they like wear masks and all that shit because they can't be seen because like they'll come right in and start fucking with them and shit and like mm -hmm. they get really in depth in the videos <laughs> as far as like they show a bunch of fucked up shit and that's part of like why 
it's illegal is because um, the knife crime and shit is so fucking bad over there. They're not trying to promote it in any way, shape or form. Well, and, and that's my thing. Like I, 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 I people, people do get <laughs> killed here from these drill raps. Cause the drill rap is literally like a rap about a hit. It's like a hit. It's like calling out a hit on somebody and a fan or someone in your gang or whatever is going to go do that at some point. Right. And sorry, I wasn't laughing at what you're saying. I was laughing at Benny Franks had never heard oh, Sam Storm, Sandstorm in that version. Well, uh, my version is great. Uh, you'll love it. I'll, I'll do the full version sometime. For you, <laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, I think a uh, drill rap is, uh, I, I don't, I think overall it has a negative effect on the community. Right. So, uh, that's why, wrong. you know, I, I'm, I'm going to admit to that. I just enjoy music as a whole. So it's like, I don't see it that way for myself. I, I know a lot of other people see it that way, but it's like, I can at least separate the art form from like physical action. And I can well, just like, exactly. Sep enjoy I, the as I would, separate the art from the artist, right? Whatever you think about Kanye or whatever, or Michael Jackson, you cannot deny that they have amazing fucking music. And that it's important. Like with their music is cultural and it's important and it's groundbreaking stuff, right? I love both of them, regardless of I mean, it's kind of expected though that anybody that's creating some art form that's off the wall different from everybody else, of course they're gonna be very uh off the wall strange people and have right. a lot of skeletons in their closet because that's where that's how they even have that ability to write that kind of shit. It's expected, you know? Right, right. And sometimes they're they're not, they don't have a whole lot of that, but they embrace that like Eminem, like, you know, he talked about killing his mom all the time and stuff like that. Like, you know, he, that's not, you could call that drill rap. I don't know. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things, right? Where you have to separate the art from the artist and hope that, you know, people can just enjoy the music. But I mean, he's still got a lot of skeletons in his closet as far as like, he lived a hard life. He was like homeless and shit. He, uh, was a big drug addict for a while. So it's like, again, he still kind of has like stuff to like write off and talk about. And that's the reason why he's an artist is because he's had a fucked up life. Like if he didn't have a fucked up life, he wouldn't be able to write the shit he writes. But think about, think no about artist. little Dicky, little Dicky, like had a perfect, like, you know, cookie. But that's what he uses for him though. Right. Because right. he's that's the only rapper point. that's talking about, because he's talking about some real world shit that he knows, but if mm -hmm. everybody else tries to do it, it's not going to take off. He, it's because he was like one of the first doing it. That's what made him original, and that's why he took off. Right, know? and it's it's one of those things, too, like uh, like Joe Rogan says it, and he quotes somebody else, like, but the, the hardest thing that's ever happened to you is the hardest thing that's ever happened to you, right? Um, so, like, if the hardest thing that's ever happened to you was, like, getting rejected from Stanford, right, and you can, and you can make good music out of that, then by all means, do it. But, if the but hardest, I feel like the only way you'd be able to do that is to make it funny, though, and that's kind of what Lil Dicky right. does. Right, no, you know and he, I mean? he, he's probably the best at that kind of stuff. But even, like, Weird Al. Weird Al is an amazing rapper, right? Weird Al does amazing rap stuff, right? White and Nerdy, I mean, oh, my God. That's, like, I, when I hear Gangsters uh, uh, Riding Dirty, uh, and even Gangsters Paradise, I go to immediately go to the Weird Al version. Like, uh, I do that with spending most of our lives living in an Amish paradise. You know, I heard uh, American Pie today and I started doing like, so bye bye this here Anakin guy, maybe <laughs> Vader someday later now. It's so like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think all music, like it, it can be, uh, it, you should separate it from the person if you can. Um, obviously if the person's like a complete, like just degenerate piece of shit and like, like Jeffrey Wilson says, like the culture Six, of nine. death <laughs> with like, with like, uh, you know, the drill rap and stuff, but like. I, I think of like a uh, immortal technique, right? Fucking phenomenal, Dude. bro. 
and he and he's been calling out this shit for a long time but does it by doing like through his music right like what was what's that song um about him dance with the devil dance with oh dude that song gives me the fucking chills bro i can throw all this shit dude the song gives me the chills dude but it's like he's calling all this shit out through his music whether he's lived it himself or not he's been around it he knows and he can point it out right um so i think if you can do something personal and positive with your music that's great whether it's in a negative song like dance with the devil but still point out something that maybe that will bring awareness to the to the culture or to the issues that that'd be great but um not everybody does that and as jeffrey said i i don't i think joe rap is not good uh usually the raps aren't very clever either um if all you can rap about is not american rap and it's a totally different story right 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 well Anyway, Americans, the, as far as rap goes, like, I mean, there's some good rappers. Don't get me wrong. As far as like Americans go, we but, invented like, it <laughs> lyrically. Like we're probably the bottom of the totem pole as far as the rest of the world goes. Oh, good point. Jeffrey made. It's no accident that more conscious rap doesn't get pumped near as much as the death shit. That's a good point. That, that is a good point because it's certain like the algorithms and the record companies and things like that. They definitely do push that kind of shitty uh, death culture, you know, be poor, do drugs, kill people, that kind of rap music. Uh, and even like pop music too. They push that kind of like just degenerate, like shit. They push it to the forefront. I crash my car into a bridge. I don't care. Exactly, dude. Or like <laughs> I kissed a girl and I liked it, which is hot. I get it. But, um, it's one of those things like there is a lot of great, uh, artists out there in all genres who push the conscious stuff. Like even in country music, there's there's these country artists who really talk about like how fucked up like the the country culture is and how uh, it's like you know people are like destroying our land and you know destroying our our way of life and uh, instead of just like you know pickup trucks uh, dirt road uh, beer can right like have you ever seen that overlay of they took like the top this guy took like the top twenty. Uh, pop songs and the top 20 pop country songs and overlaid them with each other and they were the same song over and over again almost with the exact same lyrics too have you seen that no i'll, I'll I find it but i'm not shocked at all no it would dude it was hilarious because he like laid them over on different like on like half a, this music's being written through algorithms because it's like they know what people want to hear it's a formula it's a certain frequency, i don't know if, a certain beat it's a formula yeah, i don't know exactly. if it's an algorithm but it's certainly a formula so it's like that's a better word for it. how that's many what I was yeah so say. it's like okay so uh, uh dirt road pickup truck cold beer uh friday night right all those things are in all like the top 20 country songs and the same chord progression the same four chords and all this stuff. And then they took they did the same thing with uh, the top 20 like pop songs. And it was like these words, this chord progression, these things. And then they kind of overlapped, right? Just for different cultures, like the country culture and like the pop culture, thing, things like that. Um, and so that, that there's a formula and they can push it. And they, great, they make money. They make good music sometimes. That's fun. I, I appreciate a good, you know, pop country song or a pop song every now and then. Like it's fun. It's cool. Right. But this like Jeffrey said that, that conscious music where like um, uh, it's like underground country almost. And, and same with any genre is honestly like the, it's a, it's better music a lot of the times. And you're like, it makes you feel something or makes you think about something. Right. A lot of that other stuff kind of just numbs. You're just like going along with the beat. You're like, uh-huh. yeah, this is great. But like, uh, you know, when you hear like a Coulter wall song or like a Ch- Tyler Childers song or, uh, uh, 
Immortal Technique or MF Doom. That's another one that he didn't get a lot of fucking credit, but MF Doom was a fucking legend. MF Doom is that a is that an artist? Yeah, he uh, used to wear a Doctor Doom mask. So that's why I oh, call him okay. MF Doom. Even he used like to a- do stuff with the uh, gorillas. He used to do stuff with uh, a bunch of the dudes from Wu Tang. Which anybody oh, okay. that knows me knows that like I'm a, that's probably my biggest like hip hop thing that I'm into is like anything Wu Tang. That's my shit. Uh, well, but like, there's even like an MF Doom passed away like two years ago, and he's been around since the '90s. He's done fucking hundreds of songs with people you wouldn't even expect that he's done music with and like the average person has no idea who MF Doom is and the dude's a check fucking him out. musical underground legend well, and it's the same thing too with like um, uh, he remixed an entire album of all old school Christmas songs and remixed <laughs> it and rapped over it it's fucking <laughs> awesome it's like again another Christmas tradition is every it on year Spotify? dude I'll listen to this MF Doom album is it on Spotify it's on YouTube for sure it's like okay, a 45 minute to, album of like 10 like old school Christmas songs. He just remixes them and raps over them. Well, for my, and the whole thing with him is that he does like the cypher rap. So there's not like choruses. He just free flows over the whole shit. It's fucking okay, awesome. Dude. Cool. Well, for my country fans out there, if you're uh, interested in, uh, I'm sure most country fans are fans of David Allen Coe and some of his classics. Uh, there are some David Allen Coe songs that are not on Spotify or iTunes. You have to go to YouTube and watch the hour long full album, uh, video of it. It's the only one that's up there that I can find. And it's his like, uh, X-rated songs, like lots of like very racist and uh, you know just fucked up songs, but it's it's they're fun to listen to. They're funny because they're forbidden and stuff. But uh, check those out too. Uh, I'm not saying like I support his message or anything, but like you know listen to the songs. They're fun. Uh, Chris Stapleson is the shit. Yeah, great. Chris Staple, Eric Church, like all, all those guys are great. Yeah, Coming Jeffrey. Somebody that's not a big country fan. Like I like old school country, like Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and shit. But as far oh, as new school country dude. goes, I'm not a big listener. But Chris Stapleson, dude, that you, dude's fucking phenomenal. You put on, dude. I was, I was, I was at work today, and we had a, the speaker on playing music, and uh, we were we were building a wagon right for the show. We're building a, a rock like a, me and mama like and, a wagon and, wheel. And the fucking my my work my employee my student worker was like he put that it's on hootie. It was hootie. Yeah, he put on wagon wheel, and I just let it go on Spotify, and it was like a banger of a playlist of like uh, country songs. So it did wagon wheel, then it went to like the Gambler by Kenny Chesney and uh, fucking you know Garth Brooks and Brooks and Dunn. Like it was great. It was wonderful, and I was saying if you if you're at a country bar and a Garth Brooks song comes on or like Brooks and Dunn, like uh neon moon or friends in low places, you've never seen anything crazier pop off. Like you could be dude, in, especially where you live in Texas. <laughs> oh dude. It's in, Oh, even like, I would say like in a bigger city, like Dallas or Fort Worth or Austin, if you're in a bar and one of those songs come on, you better hang on to your shit, okay? Because things are going to get wild. Because it's going to be like, because I got friends in low play. And everybody's singing, and it's just wild. And it's like the best time ever. I get that way when R. Kelly's remix to Ignition comes on. If that song comes on, <laughs> and I've had a few drinks, and... Dude, I, mine is uh, Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas, bro. That's one song that I've been drunk as I, I don't. I'm not a karaoke guy, but I've been drunk as. Oh, fuck. I'm a karaoke guy. I can count singing Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas. That's my. I shit. am a karaoke guy, and uh, I will say as we wrap it up here, uh, Ignition Remix by R. Kelly got me arrested one time. So that's all I'll say about that. This is another story for another time, but that song got me arrested. Why am I just thinking of uh, Dave Chappelle? Gotta get that poo poo. Gotta get that pee pee. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's how, hopefully that's not why you got arrested though. No, it's not. But that song was that song was great. All right. Any final thoughts, Shane? Before we wrap it up, dude, this was fun. 
Uh, don't piss on 13-year-olds. Yeah, absolutely. Even if R. Kelly comes and, on. And don't, uh, you know, <laughs> rap about killing other people and then actually go do it. So, guys, this was a fun show back after a few weeks, uh, you know, uh, away. This was fun to get back into it. A lot of great topics and uh, had some fun. So I'll play us out, Shane. Everybody in the chat, Jeffrey, Provo, Lily, uh, Brian, and uh, Benny, Lillianne, Strange Brew, all you guys, I appreciate you so much. King James in the chat, everybody, thank you so much. Have a great night. We love you. We we'll love you so much. We'll see you next week probably, yeah, for uh, Big Dumb Inquiries number 28. Have a great yeah, night, buddy. everybody. Peace. Big Dumb. We'll do it live. Inquiries. Fuck it. Fuck it. Bitch, don't you want to start making some real Big money? Dumb. Inquiries. That's fucking retarded. Big Dumb. Inquiries. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> Big Dumb. Inquiries. Hi. Good night, everybody. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save